Welcome to the 58th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio magazine podcast. Ear to the Ground features interviews and field reports related to sustainable agriculture, family farming, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. One key element of developing a sustainable farming operation is learning how to manage it in a holistic manner. That means that instead of managing each enterprise or resource present on the farm as a separate entity, a farmer considers them all as part of an integrated whole. Under such a strategy, decision-making is guided by what impact the decision will ultimately have on all aspects of the operation – water, soil, financial stability, a family's quality of life, even the wider community. Holistic management is increasingly being used on farms and ranches throughout North America and around the world, thanks in large part to the work of Holistic Management International a nonprofit educational organization based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. During the past decade, an introduction to holistic management decision-making has become a key component of the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings program. Farm Beginnings, which offers courses in several Midwestern states, is helping train a new generation of farmers utilizing practical, hands-on class instruction, on-farm educational events, and mentoring. Many of Farm Beginnings class sessions are led by farmers who are utilizing holistic management on their own operations. One of those holistically trained farmer instructors is Audrey Arner. Along with her husband, Richard Handeen, Arner operates a grass-based beef operation in western Minnesota, near the upper reaches of the Minnesota River. Over the years, they've used the principles of holistic management to transition a farm that was reliant on annual crops, like corn and soybeans, into an operation that is based on perennial plant systems, such as grass and wine grapes. Arner and Handeen feel this type of system is better for the land, as well as their own quality of life and financial stability. And since Moonstone Farm is near a major waterway in the region, Arner and Handeen also believe they are having a positive impact on the wider watershed, as well as the human community they live in. Arner recently led a Farm Beginnings class session where she introduced students to the concepts of holistic decision-making. Here's an excerpt of Arner's presentation. Uh, we're going to start out just telling you a, a little more about what got us to, to being here today, because... Um, I think all of our personal stories interweave in, in, a, in the way that builds community and builds our knowledge base and makes it um, so that we can continue to learn as long as we are able to keep learning from one another and from each other's experiences. But I think that uh, what we uh, bring is a little different than what you, what you learn in a standard farm management course or, um, or what's uh, available at this point within uh, university or tech college structures because we've learned it from other farmers. We've learned it from people who along the way have figured out some of the uh, useful elements of planning and, and, and making a farm work that uh, are pretty different. And one of, the, one of the ways that it's different is that uh, we plan on paper. Besides crunching numbers, we, we write stuff down. And there will be other people who have been part of the same holistic management decision-making process uh, later on in your training experience who will talk specifically about financial planning, who will talk specifically about marketing, who will talk specifically about monitoring what you are doing so that it is helping you to keep on track toward what you most want. What we're going to talk today about is what you most want, how to be what you most want to be and how, you, how to do what you most want to do. My husband Richard and I started farming 35 years ago at what was his great-grandparents' farm. And 
When we came there, it looked like everything else in our territory. It was all corn one year and all soybeans the next. It was a remotely managed farm by his father who lived uh, some miles away, and they'd go there to do operations. But there was very little footsteps of the farmer walking across those acres. There was very little biological diversity in the landscape, and it was a, a, a rotating biculture of corn and soybeans supported by the federal farm program. And those of you who have farm backgrounds know that that's uh, the, the system that's reinforced in the, pro, in the federal farm program, which will pay, pay you more uh, if you grow more corn, soybeans, wheat, rice, or cotton in the United States. So to do anything else takes some gumption. It takes some planning. It takes some uh, resonance with uh, talking with somebody else who can help reinforce your decision-making, and it, and it takes knowing where you're going. So there are a bunch of books in the library here, uh, which I'm not going to re recite from for you, but I encourage you to make good use of them. They're all the books about holistic management, including Alan Savory's classic holistic management. There's holistic resource management. There's some real practical stuff for holistic management at home. There's holistic management within, within small-scale livestock production. And some of the fundamentals about what makes managing holistically different from any other way of, you know, kind of blindly forging ahead is that we recognize that it, in nature, which fundamentally we are managers of natural system, that nature functions in holes. And holes, hold, the word whole comes from the Greek word holos. And it, it's from the same root as whole, but it's about uh, wholeness, it's about the, um, well, does any, what, what, what does that bring up for you? Like when we say the word holistic, what, what do you associate it with? Holistic systems. 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 Interwoven. Medicine. 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 What is holistic medicine? How is it different from uh, conventional Western medicine? Holistic medicine treats the whole being and not just one symptom. Or one organ. Well, in, a, in the whole system of food and agriculture, it calls for uh, an understanding of what the, how the way we grow things affects human health, affects the health of the livestock, the health of the landscape, the quality of water, and so forth. It recognizes that when we manage a whole farm, it's different than managing the parts, than managing just individual fields, or managing just individual workers, or just uh, so that there will be more pheasants. And um, another aspect is, I heard a guy on the radio on the way up here saying, well, and you know, the total is something is just like the parts it's made up of, and that is not what I believe. I believe that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts because the dynamic that happens between uh, elements of a whole, what's going on between you and me <coughs> if we're managing stuff together, or what our human relationships or our relationships with other living aspects of our farm system really are. And that's worth something, and we need to pay attention to it. Uh, another aspect of holistic management, I think, that, that's really um, been important for me is recognizing how much powerful, how much more powerful it is when we make decisions in keeping with a vision that is based on a vision, a long-term vision of what we really most want. And how different that is from managing a problem and, um, you know, fixing the problem, and then a vacuum is created, and another problem steps in to take its place. 
So we're always in a series of, of problem solving which never ends and can be frustrating and, and doesn't take advantage of the synergies that happen when we say what we want in the very long term. So recognizing that power, there's uh, some steps. You, somebody over here wanted steps. Was it one? steps? Yeah, this, this table. And uh, there are many elements of managing a farm and, and understanding decision-making process is a step. Within understanding the decision-making process that we're advocating, that we're encouraging you to take a look at because it's worthwhile for us, is also contained in that is a number of steps. So in uh, managing holistically, the first step is identifying the whole under management. That's really about identifying your resources. You can look at, I'm not going to read this green sheet to you, this great green sheet that introduces you to holistic management. I want you to um, make sure you read it uh, as soon as possible at the conclusion of this class so that it reinforces some of what we're saying. There are lots of ways that people have talked about the steps to manage holistically. There's a Center for Holistic Management in New Mexico which has made this sheet. It's a nice rainbow. It talks about the different components. We aren't going to be talking about uh, all of them in this class and we're we're only talking today about uh, the blue hole under management and holistic goals. But this provides some context of other elements that if this tickles your fancy, if it tickles your uh, intellectuality, if it tickles your capacity to mo be most effective at what you want to do, you'll want to learn more about these other steps. But the yellow sheet is where we talk about who the whole under management is, or what, what all is, is contained in the whole under management. The people, are all the people, um, uh, for us, it, it involved anybody who was affected by our decision making. Because uh, Richard and I were kind of knocking our heads together, and, but then we'd still wind up having to pay rent to his sister and rent to his parents and uh, take into account what our kids were uh, Respond, you know, how they were responding to what we were deciding to do after being vegetarian for 20 years. My daughter came home and, you know, she, was, she cut her teeth on being a vegetarian and she came home and there was a cattle herd and she went like, what? You know, so, um, so convening all those people becomes one of our great challenges. And there are some pretty complex holes of under management in this room, which include a contingent of people who are not necessarily related to each other, uh, some people who have ultimate decision-making authority over people who are actually doing the work, and so on and so on. When we first um, gathered our whole family, which included my husband's uh, sister from whom we rent land, and her uh, husband who works at the university for some barley researchers, and, uh, and his brother, who um, had always farmed with his dad but hated it, and, and, uh, and Richard's mom, who hardly knew what, how to respond at the table when people said, well, what do you most want, Marilyn? And she started crying because nobody had ever asked her what she most wanted. You know, everybody was just off farming. 
and they'd come in for lunch, and you know, she was expected to have a meal ready. But it's, it's a new thing for a lot of us to think about what we most want. In, within that, that process, it behooves us to think about what is most conducive to good communication and what will build the most trust. Our culture is replete with advice about that kind of thing now, which is an advantage I think we have over uh, anybody trying. I don't think we could have done this 30 years ago because it's not the way people functioned. There wasn't Val Farmer's uh, Psychology for Farmers uh, column in the Agri-News. And and Farm Journal didn't have um, tips for how to find out what your kids are really wanting to do. You know, that, that's kind of, kind of new stuff in, in, in the culture of agriculture to be recognizing the human dimension um, between humans. Who else is affected by your decision making? I'm thinking lenders. Um, a lot of us have relationships with lenders and uh, our decision making impacts their uh, willingness to continue to provide that service and willingness to uh, take on new farms who are doing something like ours because if it's not working, they're less likely to put an investment into things like uh, an infrastructure of fences and watering systems as opposed to an infrastructure of more big grain bins. So keep thinking in terms of who else is affected by our decision-making and consider involving them among the people part of your whole under management. If there's someone from whom you rent land or rent land to, that's a person who's part of that loop, and uh, someone who works for the farm, but it's not a relative. So uh, the whole under management is uh, people, it's land, and it's money. So the land part, uh, where, let's see, there's land, land on the back of the, this page, uh, you would indicate any land that you're responsible for decision making, whether you rent it or own it or are borrowing it or just um, get to use it for some reason. And within the, the part of uh, the financial part of the whole under management, um, this is an area where I found out when we were talking about, well, what really are our capital resources? Who really has access to what uh, fluid capital uh, to be able to invest or not invest in the operation? And uh, and there were key people in our operation who had not spoken to each other about these aspects. So it's not like it's just money, but it's money. It's important stuff to be able to dialogue about. What our resources are, what our dependencies are, what our debt load is, all those we need to um, be able to come to a point of, of uh, truth and consequences so that we're upfront about what our capital situation is uh, so that we can define what we want it to become. Uh, so this includes assets such as livestock, equipment, you know, who owns what, what they bring to the, to the whole under management any um, debts that include loans or other, other, any other committed payments you have. So I would like to take a few minutes and fill in some of this uh, yellow page. The, the last aspect 
once you take a look of, at the hole that's currently under management, or if you, is there somebody who's not landed right now, who does not have access to land? Maybe you can uh, write in aspects of these for the, if it's the, the land base of your future, okay? But reasons for change, you want to identify any uh, personal or logistic or land-based or uh, financial problems that exist now that would uh, precipitate a reason for change. Something needs to change because of these things. So just, right. And this is a uh, non-computer visceral feel the pen on the page kind of experience your purposes of better identifying what is being managed because you cannot separate understanding that nature and the world functions in holes, that the world that is your farm, the humans are inextricably related from the uh, financial resources and the natural resources. That's what we're in the business of. For more information on the Farm Beginnings program, visit www.farmbeginnings.org. That's farmbeginnings.org. Details on Holistic Management International are at www.holisticmanagement.org. That's holisticmanagement.org. In this case, holistic is spelled H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. Send your comments and suggestions about this podcast to me, Brian DeVore, at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org. You can also call me at 612-729-6294. A special thank you goes out to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician who provided Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a very special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member and you'd like to support us, go to landstewardshipproject.org to learn how to join LSP. Thanks for listening.